0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Xfinity. Some things are slow, like snail races. Other things are fast, like Xfinity XFi. Get fast speeds, even when everyone is online, working to make Wi-Fi simple, easy, awesome. More at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply.
1: We all love a celebrity. We We all like an autograph. Yeah, our cinema idols. Rod Stewart, for instance, someone that we all love and would like their autograph. You like Rod Stewart? I think we all like Rod Stewart. But it can be hard to get an autograph. Anna here has a tip.
2: Well, I've been a fan of Peyton Manning for a very long time now. And uh, I pretty much planned from the beginning, once we started the wedding planning process, that I was going to send him an invitation. And I just thought it would be a fun thing to do. So I sent it to the stadium or the practice facility out there in Colorado. I had no idea what actually would come from it, but I... Um, was very surprised on Monday when that arrived.
1: So so what came in the mail on Monday?
2: It was the response card envelope.
1: And he and he had written on it. Mm-hmm. What did it say?
2: Um, it said Anna and James, best wishes, and then he signed Peyton Manning with the eighteen. So
1: so what did you think when you saw this?
2: I was just floored. I was so excited. <laughs> um, I mean I, there were like no words to express how excited I was. He did check they were about to lay decline.
1: Mm. That's nice I mean, um, He feels bad about it
2: <laughs>
1: So so you're married now and, and at the wedding Were you thinking maybe Maybe he's going to show up
2: No I mean while that would have been amazing I didn't think it so Because they were playing San Diego the next day So yeah
1: Would you
0: have accepted Eli if he could have made it
2: Yeah I would have been okay with Eli I like him too
0: Not yeah. quite as much though <laughs>
1: This is How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. On today's show, we'll tell you how to induce labor. We also have the winners of our
0: Thanksgiving photo contest. But first,
1: that what you're hearing is Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. This is a song that uh, almost everyone knows. There is something about this song that will surprise you.
0: But before we get to that, we want to bring on somebody uh, to help us unpack all this uh, new information, a uh, professional wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do you know the song, Another One Bites the Dust?
3: Yes, I have heard the song, Another One Bites the Dust.
0: Now, you're one of the world's probably most well-known Steves. Do you know what the first word of
1: that song is? No, I do not. It's Steve. Is it? It is. Isn't that weird? I never knew that song was about Steve.
3: Now, I, I didn't either. Now I'm going to have to go back and uh, listen to it and try to sort through this and find out which Steve and why he was talking to him.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, the first line is, Steve walks warily down the street. Or let's hear it. Let's go. Steve
3: walks down the street. With the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now no, it kind of comes yeah. up. Steve walks warily down the street.
0: It seems to be about a guy named Steve walking around and just beating people up, like kicking butts.
3: Hmm. I always took it as something different. I, I always thought, uh, well, I don't know. It's a good song to play before a football game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if you had known, it could have been like a your ring entrance song.
3: <laughs> yeah. Had I known it, it might have been a good one. It's uh, you know that was uh, you know Queen was an awesome band, and and that was a badass song.
1: Hey, can I ask you a, a question about uh, your wrestling career? Sure. What would you say was your signature move?
3: Well, probably my finish, which would be the Stone Cold Stunner.
1: And for people that don't know, can you uh, explain what that is?
3: Uh, you know, the setup move was you'd kick a guy in his stomach to kind of bend him over. And uh, as I was facing him, then I would turn around to face the same direction he is, place his chin on my right shoulder, secure it with both hands, and then drop down, land on my ass, driving my shoulder blade, my trapezius, into his throat, rendering him... Pretty well stunned uh, yeah. for at least a three count.
0: So when you're working on a new move like that, how often do you do serious damage to your opponent?
3: Uh, nine, 99.9% never. No one has ever really? heard hurt from a stunner. Now, now, if you have your tongue sticking between your teeth, you're going to bite your tongue or your lip oh. or something like that. But uh, by and large, I mean, if you land wrong or if you land on one of your knees wrong... Anything could happen, but by and large, that was probably one of the safest finishes you could take in the business. Wow. What was the,
1: what was the worst you ever got hurt wrestling?
3: Uh, it was, uh, I guess it was SummerSlam 97, and I got dropped on my head on a pile driver gone wrong. was a transient quadriplegic for about 60 seconds in the ring uh, in front of 20,000 people and on pay-per-view. You know, I'm okay now. It was just a bad accident back in.
0: So when you guys are in the ring and something like that happens, do you have like a safe word or some way of letting people know, whoa, things aren't the way they should be?
3: Mm, not really a code word. You kind of, you know, uh, you flat out tell a guy, hey, man, I'm I'm messed up. <laughs> and, you know, you never your goal is to never try to hurt anybody. It is a very, very physical form of entertainment. And when you've got guys in there, 250 pounds plus, moving at high rates of speed, anything can happen. Sometimes it does.
1: Uh I just want to ask you one more thing. So you're uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you consider early on other wrestling names?
3: Well, back in the day, you know, when I was growing up in South Texas, I was going to wrestle my brother in the yard of our house, and my name was the Western Fandango. (laughs) Now, how and why I came up with the Western Fandango (laughs) is beyond me at this time in my life.
0: Can you tell us about what the Western Fandango, what kind of character was that guy?
3: I I don't have any idea. I was thinking I was about nine or ten years old, and I don't even know how the name popped into my head, but it did, and it sounded cool. What a Western Fandango would look like or act like, (laughs) I could not tell you.
1: Western Fandango Stunner, that move doesn't have the same uh, intimidation factor of the Stone Cold Stunner.
3: Definitely not. Probably a little bit different character. Yeah. yeah.
1: Although I think the stone-cold Western
0: Fandango would be pretty exciting.
3: Yeah, and maybe a little complicated.
0: <laughs> well, this has been great.
1: Thanks, Steve.
3: Yeah, you guys are welcome. Y'all take care. Have a good day.
1: So, so before this next how-to, we should say we're going to talk about uh, some uh, bodily functions and uh, some subject matter that uh, some people might be uncomfortable with. As we're talking about the human reproductive
0: uh, system and process and all of the, the pieces that are involved
1: therein. So here we go. We, we heard from Hallie, and Hallie is nine months pregnant, and she is hearing from all sorts of people about the, the little tricks you use to uh, I- induce labor, you know, eat spicy food, that sort of thing. We also asked
0: uh, you guys on Twitter, and you've sent in several of your suggestions uh, joining us to talk about this and test, uh, I guess, the medical truth behind it is our resident
1: doctor, Peter Lechman. So, so Dr. Lechman, are you, are you ready for this?
4: The overarching question to me is, why on earth would you want to start labor? Once you have labor, then there's a the kid and they're out forever. Yeah. So anything you can do to keep them in there for another day or two or a week or a year would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> preserve,
1: preserve the little piece you have left.
4: There's no turning back.
0: All right, well, we have some. These are from from our listeners. And a lot of these are physical. Like people are saying you should get out, go for a walk, walk up and down stairs. Would any of that actually lead to labor?
4: Uh, You know, pretty, pretty dubious. I mean, there's a little bit of logic behind vigorous exercise. The thought is you could begin to separate the membranes in the uterus and that would cause some release of something called prostaglandins, protein in the body that helps stimulate the uh, cervix to ripen and sort of the start of labors.
0: So wait, are you suggesting that certain physical activity
1: could jar loose the baby?
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of it. That's kind of the idea. So it was sort of a bad idea in general.
1: All right, here, here's one we got from a, a lot of people, recommended variations on this, uh, that if you want uh, labor to start, you should eat spicy food or a pineapple.
4: Yeah, absolutely no validity to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not.
0: How about this? Here's another food one. Drink an RC Cola and eat a moon pie.
4: <laughs> if you can find a moon pie, I think you should eat it. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good thing to do. Um, RC or any other cola will not help your labor.
1: All right. So, someone recommends uh, having sex.
4: I highly recommend that <laughs> everyone should. Okay, but with regards to a baby, there is some validity to sex. Really? Um, so there's. So I, I mentioned something called a prostaglandin before, uh, protein in the body. It acts as a stimulant of the process of the cervix ripening, which is a precursor to to letting the baby out of the prison uh, that the baby's in. And there's a high concentration of prostaglandins in semen. So if You have sex, and the male ejaculates when it comes into contact with the cervix, could potentially help the cervix ripen. Wow. It's only obviously going to work if you're really on the cusp of going into labor anyway. But theres that's is—that's—it's a good idea, and I, I highly recommend all the listeners out there to
1: keep on doing it. It does also, I think, put nice bookends on the gestation period.
4: That's right. It's the alpha and omega of the beginning of the end of your life.
1: Is ripen the term that is most
0: used when talking about this stuff?
4: Yeah, that is the, uh, unfortunately the, the, <laughs> me- the medical term that's used.
0: Well, okay, here's here's another one, and we beg your indulgence on this. This is a suggestion that you shine a flashlight up your hoo ha.
4: Up your own hoo ha
0: or the pregnant person? I'm guessing hoo-ha. it's the pregnant person. I'm hoping it's the pregnant
1: yeah. person's hoo ha. <laughs>
4: You know what? That seems like a good way to get whacked in the head by the owner of the hoo-ha. Don't go looking
1: up there with a flashlight. Okay, here's one. Um, if you want to go into labor, attend a live stage production of The Sound of Music.
4: Wow. Well, I really like The Sound of Music. But would that induce labor? You know, when they do that one clockwork thing with the um, good night, good night, that might scare you enough to get, let you go into labor. But I don't think it's going to work either. Plus, you don't want to go into labor at a live stage production of anything.
1: He, he This, I think, is, of all the uh, suggestions we got, is the m- most specific. Drink one half of a Guinness while someone massages your feet, then consume one tablespoon of olive oil.
4: <laughs> uh, so Guinness is good. I don't think there's any problem with drinking a Guinness. You've sort of been in, in liquor jail while you've been pregnant, so you should be allowed to have a Guinness. It's not going to cause any harm for the baby. Um, foot massage, I, I have a foot phobia. I think it's disgusting, but if that relaxes <laughs> you a little bit, that's great. Um, one tablespoon of oil.
1: One uh, tablespoon.
4: So oil, there's this thought about oils acting as a, uh, a little bit of a laxative, and that might cause your lower intestinal tract to contract, and that could rub up against the uterus and then maybe trigger your uterus contract. It's a really bad idea if you think about it too much. So don't do the oil. Just drink the Guinness and leave out the rest of it.
0: So as a pediatrician, you treat a lot of newborn children and spend time with their mothers. What's like the craziest version of one of these that you've heard?
4: Well, the weirdest one, not the weirdest one, the most awkward one is the nipple stimulation one. That's not one you've brought up, but you, that's a very, it's at the top of everyone's list.
1: To to make labor begin, you should stimulate the pregnant it, person's nipples.
4: You stimulate the nipples, Yeah. So, and, and there's actually scientific validity to that idea, too. Really? The same, I, there, yeah, there really is. So stimulating the nipples uh, causes your body to secrete uh, more of this hormone called oxytocin. Uh-huh. And oxytocin causes your uterus to contract. So that, that one's actually for real.
0: So, okay, so if you had then one tip for someone, they're past their due date, they're ready to get this baby out of them, what is your one piece of advice?
4: Drink a Guinness, get in the sack, and make sure your nipples get stimulated.
1: Sounds like a good time. Now, you, you don't have to be about to birth a child to ask us a question. You can ask us a question anytime. Yeah, just send us an email
0: at howto at
1: npr.org. And actually, if you are about to birth a child, don't bother with us. You should go, probably go, yeah, go to the hospital. Right now.
4: Hi, my name is Nate Vincent and I listen to how to do everything while transcribing historical documents. All right, Nate,
1: these next 15 seconds are for you. I wonder what preservers of historical documents think of those those Nick Nick Cage movies. National
0: Treasure and and National Treasure 2. I bet they like them. Because think about it, that's what the, those
1: documents get a lot of screen time. They're very important. Yeah, but he's, he's getting right in them. I mean, I can't think that he has the preservation of the document uh, as his primary concern. He doesn't wear gloves, does he? No. All right, a couple weeks ago, when uh, we were all traveling for Thanksgiving, we asked you to send in your photos from Thanksgiving travel. And one specific thing we asked you for was a photo of a board game. You had to take a
0: photo of a board game you'd never seen before. Howard Wolke sent in his game. Howard, tell us about your photo.
5: Uh, It's a picture, actually, of my sister holding up a board game that uh, she got at a Hanukkah party, and the game is called Kosher Land.
1: Kind of like in the Candyland vein.
5: I, I believe it's just like Candyland, just different characters, different scenery, and with a kosher twist.
1: I see matzah. Yep. I can't identify everything. Can you?
5: Um. There's matzah in there. There's, there's a gefilte fish, and it's a gefilte fish ocean, I believe it is, <laughs> Oof. <laughs> um, which just sounds terrible to me, but that's just me personally. There is uh, Lockie's area. There's honey. There's um, a shortcut... Sort where you're not mixing milk and meat. <laughs> uh, I believe there are, there are blessings in the game right, where you have to say blessings to move on, or you do say blessings and then you can skip ahead or whatever it is.
0: You know, it occurs to me that Hanukkah guilt uh, could work in Candyland and in
1: Kosherland. Absolutely. Now, we got a lot of great uh, submissions in the board game category. Jody sent in a photo of the game Bumps and Grinds. So, Jody, can you describe it for us?
6: So, it looks like a traditional board game setup squares that go around the perimeter of the board, but in the center of the board is a young lady in an advanced state of undress. <laughs> and she is uh, coyly looking at you and sitting in front of a fireplace. And there are clothes and glasses kind of scattered about the floor.
1: Can you tell us the full title of the game? Because it has, it has a subtitle too, right?
6: It does. Okay. It's called Bumps and Grinds, a hilarious drinking and stripping game. Oh. And it also says a candlelight game. So in the center of the board, there is a place for cards, you know, that give you actions. And they're called Tomcat Cards and Pussycat Cards. Oh. And there's also a place for a candle. And it's very important that you play this game by candlelight. So so the
1: cards, though, what are, uh, keeping in mind this is a family show, what are the, some of the things that they ask you to do?
6: <laughs> Let's see. Uh, here's one. Pussycats. Strip one article of clothing. Uh-huh. Do a no-no. And I'm not quite sure what a no-no is. <laughs> Um, there's also a card that's sort of a get-out-of-jail-free card called a false modesty card, and you can use that in place of stripping when article is clothing.
0: And are you ever called to make the choice between either a bumps or a grinds? <laughs>
6: um, I believe that bumps and grinds are uh, included in the same activity square.
0: Oh, there's an activity square?
6: Yeah, so there's a number of activity squares, and there are places called Tomcat Lane, vip corner and vip corner is very important pussycat there's also the naval academy of the west n-a-b-e-l and college (laughs) of Strip striptease
1: ah good school
6: oh here and this is how you win when any one player is down to his or her last article of clothing and is about to lose that he or she may then blow out the candle and be declared the winner of bumps and grinds
0: well congratulations jody you've won our prize
6: oh that's fantastic
1: Well, that does it for this week's show what'd you learn Ian well I I learned that uh, the the man we know as Stone Cold Steve Austin was was once known as the Western Fandango it's not menacing at all I, I wonder if, if you're the way you come up with your wrestling name is it's uh, your first name is the the genre of movie you like right and then you just take and
0: then you add the uh, the app you use to buy tickets to go see that movie
1: so I would be romcom com Fandango I, I learned that, that spicy food uh, does not actually uh, make you have a baby. No, I think at worst
0: spicy food makes it feel like you're having a baby.
1: Um, I, I am glad to know that spicy food is not where babies come from. Where do so I, I, I eat a lot of spicy food and I'm not ready to have a child. What kind of food? What, who's the father? <laughs> How to Do Everything was produced this week by Sarah Geis and Steven Tobias. Our interns this week are Cade and Genevieve Sikora. Two of them. We had two interns this week. I would say they did three times the work of our normal interns, even though there was just two of them.
0: Get us your questions at howto at npr.org.
1: Our website is howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.